Welcome to It Is What It Is, or Is It? I'm your host, Kay Francis, a licensed marriage and family therapist from Knoxville. I'm the author and creator of The It's It's, a children's book series, and my podcast topics will draw from my 40 years of experience in the fields of psychology and business. That includes executive coaching, training, and online program development. Good morning for all of you that are joining me today. I hope the day is going to be great for you. For any of you that may not have heard the term blended family, let me give you the simplest definition. A blended family consists of a family with one step parent, at least one step sibling, or at least one half sibling. According to U.S. Census in September 24, 2021, blended families are increasing and are more common than ever. It is estimated that one in three Americans is part of a blended family. Whether married or not, becoming a blended family requires a lot of adapting and adjusting. The ability to be patient, flexible, and understanding is not an option. It's a must. Blending a family is a huge decision, especially when children are involved. Not taking into consideration how this transition is going to affect them can be disastrous. Think about it. All of a sudden, all of these people are pushed together in an atmosphere and an environment that they don't know about. So here they are under the same roof. And what do they feel? What do they think? And how is the couple handling it? As a marriage and family therapist, I have worked, and still do, with numerous blended families. Considering that blended families make up a majority of our population, that's understandable that a lot of my practice would consist of that. I was amazed at how few of the couples ever discussed the potential challenges facing them before making the decision to blend their families. Did you know that blended families have a high rate of divorce? I have listed some questions that hopefully, if answered honestly, will help couples from becoming a part of this high percentage rate. These questions may help determine if the timing is right for such a merger. Here are some of the most critical questions for couples to discuss and to evaluate whether a blended family is a good fit for everyone concerned. First question. Have you shared your family's background and how you were brought up? This is very important because no two people are brought up in the same way. You need to discuss the differences and how they may or may not affect everyone in the blended family. Number two, how do you feel about each other's children? This question may be difficult to discuss should either parent have some negative feelings about the other's partner's child. However, if there are some issues, withholding these feelings can be destructive, and especially for the children. Number three, having an honest discussion regarding how each of you disciplines your biological children. This is vital, because if the couple is not 100% in agreement and on the same page, think of the chaos that's going to cause. The whole family will suffer, and this could be the end of the family. I recommend that discipline is consistent and same for all the children. I also recommend that each biological parent only administer the discipline to their biological child, at least until everyone is adjusted to their new environment and has developed good relationship with their step-parent. 
Couples shouldn't deviate from an agreed style of discipline without discussing it with each other. Number four, do you agree upon house rules and boundaries? Here is another need for consistency that should apply to everyone. Having reasonable rules and boundaries helps stabilize the family and allows everyone to feel respect for one another, thus giving everyone a sense of belonging. Five, if one of the parents has a child with special needs, is the other parent prepared to accept that child and share in whatever is needed to care for that child properly? Involvement from parent and step-parent together enables the child to feel safe and accepted. If only the biological parent is involved, the message to everyone is something is lacking within the family because a child is being isolated from one of the parents. Eventually, the biological parent will be resentful of their partner, and the partner may feel resentment toward the child. Six, have you considered whether there are enough appropriate and comfortable sleeping arrangements for the children, or similar for them to at least have what they are used to. This is important because it gives each child a feeling of familiarity. Have you discussed finances? Finances are tricky and often one of the most difficult subjects to talk about. Make sure there aren't money issues such as debt that you are not disclosing to each other. This is important to building a trusting, open, and honest relationship. Maybe you are afraid to talk about individual finances because you are embarrassed, have misled your partner about your situation, or you might feel you will lose your partner if they know your truth. You need to be able to talk openly and how you want to handle the finances. How the money will be managed should be agreed upon if you want to avoid major arguments and mistrust. How do you feel about each other's family? Why is this important? Because each person comes from a family of origin. Being respectful, or at the very least being polite to each other's family members, will enhance the relationship between the couple. If the couple doesn't want to be pulled in two directions or made to feel that they must defend their family, it's important to know how to take the higher road to keep the harmony. There are more issues, but I want to highlight the critical ones that shouldn't be ignored. If the couple disagrees with any of these questions, let that be a red flag. It needs to be dealt with as it can make or break the relationship. And you do have choices. I want to talk about those choices in a minute, but I want to give you a couple of examples of what can happen. If you think you're going to go into this blended family and everybody's going to be happy and everything's going to be smooth, you've got another thought coming. There's one family of seven. Think about that. And you know the good news here? They're still together. But that didn't come without challenges. Because it's not just the couple that are challenged in how to deal with the children. How about the children having to deal with the parents? You know, and especially if they have other parents that are involved with them, they may come in resentful, be it a mother or father. They, may, they have joint custody, maybe, most likely. And if they don't have joint custody because they had an absent mother or father, then they still have resentment because they're going to be angry. They may not like the new step-parent, or they've gone in, shut down, and already determined that this was your idea to get together, it wasn't mine, and they can play havoc. But if you have some empathy, which you need, and some deep understanding, you have to think about why they feel the way they do. You can do family therapy. 
I highly recommend it. In fact, I think you should just do it. (laughs) That's my opinion. Of course, I'm a therapist, so why wouldn't that be my opinion? But I've seen what it can do. I think about, I guess it was last year, I had a call and I took in a family of three. The mother decided to remarry and brought her son with her. When the father walked in and the mother walked in, what did I feel in the air? Well, immediately, I saw an angry step-parent without him saying a word, just his whole body language. I saw a mother who was frightened, maybe not because of physical abuse, but she was being torn between her son and this man. She was intimidated. That's even a better word. The little boy, who I adored, by the way, he was touching everything in my office, and the father was telling him to stop. And I said, no, that's what they do in my office. It's fine. He glared at me, the father. And the little boy continued to touch. And he was kind of, you know, you could tell he had ADHD. There was no question. And he was, I think, more than the ADHD. uh, I, I shouldn't say more, but certainly this was a nervous little boy. This was a kid that had anxiety, which isn't unusual for ADHD. You know, they feel different anyhow. Well, The father opened up the session first, not the biological mother, and proceeded to say that he just was a bad kid. He just was a handful that he didn't want to continue this nonsense with him, that he obviously hadn't had the right discipline. And the mother is shrinking into my couch. The little boy with his head down sat there. I ignored that father, and I can't use names, but I turned to the little boy, and I said, hey, how do you like the office? And he said, well, I don't see any toys. (laughs) He was right. I stopped working with little children when I couldn't get up anymore. (laughs) You know, you hate to crawl in front of them. But anyhow, he and I started to have a conversation with the father trying to interrupt me, and I would just hold my hand up and say, I know what you have to say is important, but I need a little time. And He would sit back, and I just talked to him about school. And he and I were just having a really good time together. We were just chit-chatting. And you know what? He wasn't jumping all over, and he was making eye contact with me. And he sat back in this oversized chair for him, and he was like, this is fun. But I knew in my heart that I was never going to see him again. I knew that. So I looked at the father at that point, and I said, what do you understand about ADHD? Oh, that. And then, of course, with some, you know, kind of words that I'm not going to talk over the air about, but the mother is saying nothing. So I looked at the mother, and I said, was he tested? Yes, ma'am. And so he has been diagnosed. Yes, ma'am. The school did that. Do you understand it? Yes, I do. I was speechless. So at that point, I said to the father, I'd like to explain ADHD to you. Would you be willing to listen? He said, you're going to do it anyhow. I said, you know what? You're right. I am. And I went on to explain how the thoughts are different. The processing of information is completely different. How scrambled they get. I always use the example of the old-fashioned home movie cameras when they came out, and they were heavy. And people would invite you over to see their movies, and you would leave very nauseous because you saw ceilings and floors. And, you know, the camera was all over the place. And I explained that that's how how that operates. When information comes into them, it's scrambled. 
and they immediately get frustrated and act out. So you don't send ADHD child and say to them, hey, go take your bath, brush your teeth, and get your pajamas on because you've already confused them. You have to have patience enough to say, go brush your teeth, and you give them time. And then you say, time for your bath, and you give them time. And then you say, oh, here's your pajamas. And that's what you have to do. And it's exhausting. It's time consuming. Most parents today don't have the time because they're rushed. But you have to take that time if you want to help this child. Well, I explained that. And he told me it was all, all BS. So I don't need to tell you the end of the story. I didn't see him again. And this is kind of things that can happen in blended families. It doesn't even have to be more than one sib. In fact, I think this little boy would have been better off with some sibs. Do I wonder what has happened to him? I do. So as I said, the couple does have choices. The couple can go to a therapist before deciding to blend their families, and I highly recommend it be before. Or they can remain a couple and keep the status quo with more time and work the couple may find a way to iron out the problems before they uproot their children from what they know. Entering into a new and different way of living takes a lot of work. It takes two emotionally stable adults who want the best living situation for everyone and who are not afraid to confront differences. They are aware of their own needs and what they can live with and not live with. But you know, people are so anxious to get together. The couples, obviously loving one another, and they kind of just don't think about all these questions. kind of goes out the window because their motivation is to be together in the same house. So blended families can be wonderful. They can add support and share the day-to-day load, which reduces stress. It's helpful. It can add greater stability to a household and provide children with two parents under the same roof. These are good things if handled right. But in order to obtain this smooth-running blended family, the couple must work as a team, making sure everyone is seen and heard. Don't forget, Rome wasn't built in a day, and a blended family isn't built in a day. It takes time, patience, and much empathy and understanding. The couple must accept that each partner must be ready to compromise and will have to be prepared to give something up to create this blended family. If children weren't involved, guess what? I would still recommend that the couple consider counseling before marriage, moving in, or living together. It can save a lot of heartache. Think about those questions, even if it's the original family and it's not blended. Those are good questions for you to ask. How many couples out there are having trouble with intimacy, which requires vulnerability and trust? How many? Hopefully, if you're a blended family, you have done your work prior to making that move. And I wish you all the good luck in the world. If you would like to submit a question or suggestion of a topic, you can email me at capital K, capital F, R is in red, A is in apple, and N is in Nancy, M is in Mary, A is in apple, the number one, at gmail.com and I'll do my best to answer as many questions as possible and I'll also try to consider your topic. Have a safe and blessed week.
And remember to be proud of who you are.